uh, it's, I, I just had an extra day here, and I felt to, uh, to be with, uh, with you guys, and I know it was a short notice, but it's good that I could be with Adam and Dawn, and, uh, I, you know, it is, isn't it? Yes. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm so many places, <laughs> forgive me. You know, Jeannie and Dawn, I always get confused between the two. You know how, how it works? I meet so many folks, so, plus I'm more prophetic, and prophetic guys are like there, you know, like, we're here, and we come down, and like, okay, I know that face. Uh, Holy Ghost, give me, that, give me that name now. Bam, then it comes down. But give me a word of knowledge so I can really know what it is. You know? Hallelujah. So we work more by word of knowledge with names than really by memory. And I'm only teasing. <laughs> Hallelujah. But it's great to see everyone here. It's exciting to be. I believe God's up to something. And I believe tonight some really some powerful things have been just brought into the light. Remember, what is hidden is occult. What is hidden has power. But what is brought into the light is powerless. So when we bring it into the light of God, we break it. So when the prophetic comes, it comes as a revealer of what is hidden from God for your purpose, but also from what is in the enemy's plans. When that is revealed, it's in the light. It means it's powerless. It's lost its strength. Come on. And so that's where the war is because God gives you the keys. Somebody say keys. So we need supernatural keys. Amen. You know, I got a very, I, I'm, I'm in a bit of a thing here in my spirit, man, because I, I've got a really awesome word that God gave me that I would like to minister. But it's so strange as I got here, the Holy Spirit told me to carry on about love. And it's, I got to carry on about love. I'm on a whole nother vein with what I've been teaching where I've been at, but it's amazing how it's like kind of a doctor. When you go to a certain place, the Holy Spirit is like, you don't need this medicine. You, you don't need that gospel. You need this gospel. <laughs> so I'm going to give you some gospel tonight. Hallelujah. I want you to go in your Bible to the book of John chapter 17. John chapter number 17 tonight. I, I am a, I'm glad because it's always good to be obedient to the Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Spirit, I pray you take tonight and you anoint tonight and you strengthen your people through your word. For we overcome by the blood and by the word. The blood being the power of the spirit and the power of the blood. But the word is also very powerful for the word breaks through and pierces and divides between soul and spirit. And it is the word that will give us victory because the word is strategy. So Lord, I thank you tonight. You download strategy. In Jesus' name. All right, so John chapter 17, number 15. I pray that you should take them out of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of this world because basically God's saying, I want you to be light in darkness. Uh, you are light, you know. Uh, we all would love to just go hide in some mountain cave somewhere, you know, especially some Christians, or go to some, you know, uh, compound and everybody hangs out there and, you know, we're all Christians and we have our Christian city and we speak Christianese, amen, hallelujah, God bless you, brother, sister, you know, and so forth and so forth. And, but, but God wants us to be in a place to be salt and to be light. And so he says this, I pray not that you should take them out of the world. We're in the world, but we're not of this world. He put us in the world to be a light. Come on. Come on. Come on. No name. <laughs> I like saying no name because I know it's a name. <laughs> well, there's no other name. <laughs> But it's the name of Jesus. But I pray that you should take them out of the world. Not take them out of the world because you're supposed to be a light in the darkness. But that you should keep them from evil. So God's saying, I'm going to put you in a place where it's going to be 
a tempting situation. Whatever you're in in the world is going to be a, a struggle. What he's actually saying is your light, your resistance, if I take you out, there's no hope for the world. There's no hope for the folks around about you, which means you're going to be in very difficult, tempting situations because you're going to want to give in and you're going to want to give up. And you, you know, you're going to want to compromise. But he said, what he said is, I don't pray you take them out, but I pray that you keep them. God wants to, God, that's the key. Lord, keep us. And he sustains and he keeps us by his power. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. Keeps us by his power. Then I want to go through to verse 21. That they may be one, or they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, meaning that one, and I in you. So there is a oneness in Jesus that he wants the church to become. Now, we've got to understand this, that it's not like he said, no name church. You know, it's not about a church name. And it's not about a building, but it is about a DNA. And so the DNA we have to have is the DNA of the Spirit and the DNA of the Holy Ghost. And so God takes us, I said this this morning, God takes us out of the, the world. Then he takes us out of the church world, which is the subculture of church world. And that's a constant refining fire. It doesn't mean you have to leave no name church. It just means you're going to get separated. You're going to get sifted constantly to be a spirit person. To be a spirit person, you can't try and be a spirit person. God develops. It's just feeding your spirit in the word and that and in the in prayer and your spirit man grows. So the, the church that God is raising up is, is a spirit church. And that means that not everybody's gonna be that. Because, and it's not about exclusivity, it's about being a remnant means there's obedience, there's a price to pay. Not everybody could be David. That our calling is to be that. But not everybody wants to pay that price. Because if, when, you, when you sign on and you, 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 you sign on for that, means that, you know, you're going to face some stuff. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. So he said that they may be one even as we are one, and that one is in Jesus. It's in the life of Jesus. So to pay the price to become or to move in the life of Jesus means you're going to have to take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow him. There's a denial of the self-life. There's no selfishness, self-motivation. It is purely Christ-likeness and Christocentric. It is part of that. It is the beyond. We've got to look beyond where we are now, and we look towards the future. We have a heavenly vision. We have a heavenly call. We abide in that, and that is in Him. And so that in Him is identity. God's identity is a thought about us. Behold, the plans I have for you, Jeremiah 29, 11, is to prosper you. Amen? I have a good plan for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to prosper. That's God's plan. But I am in the identity of God. God is the Father. The Father is like He has the thought. We don't have a thought about ourselves. God is, God is His thought. God has thoughts about us. In fact, we are a reflection of that thought. Your spirit, before I found you in your mother's womb, I knew you, means that I had knowledge of you. You come from that knowledge in time past, and I breathed life into you, and I said, live. So the true spirit church is a, is a church that becomes a connector to that intent. All right. That's why it's not about black, white, pink, or blue, because God is not about color. God is about that too. If you're in me, if you're with me, you're with me. If you're against me, you're against me. If you're for me, you're for me. If you're against me, you're against me. There's no gray areas. It's either spirit or flesh. So we've, we've reduced the, the church or the gospel to flesh. We've reduced, reduced it to carnality. And so we judge everybody by what they wear, what they look like, what color they are, and what cultural background they come from. Now, the Bible is very clear about that. We cannot look at anybody that way. We know people by and through the spirit. So we have to mature. It's a maturing that must take place for us to grow into that fullness. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's Christ-likeness. As brothers in the kingdom of God and part of the DNA of the Spirit because that's why we're born. We're born to be like Jesus. 
we born, he, 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 he came into this world to birth sons. Uh, okay? So we are born to be born. I mean, we are born to be born. We are born to overcome this and to birth that. Okay? Or should I say overcome that to birth this? <laughs> Amen. So we've got to overcome this nature, the serpent, to subdue it under our feet and to birth this new man. And that comes through being intertwined and to become a, a, a vital part. Hallelujah. Neither prayer, he says, that they all may be one as you, that the Father are in me, which is unity and communion, and I in you. And how do we know him? That I may know him, the fellowship of his sufferings and the power of his resurrection. That's how we know him. We know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. We know him when we partner with him in the school of obedience, which is all by love. We're going back onto the love walk now. But it is through love. Our love for the Father, our love for the Father in manifesting the Son, being empowered by the Holy Spirit in our daily walk. Amen. Brings us to that overcoming state of being, which is so powerful. That they may be one even as we are one, which is basically the Lord is saying, folks, it's time for us to mature to be like Jesus. So that was his prayer. And many folks use this for uh, politics, church politics. Now you try and put folks together as a politician or, you know, even in church politi politics, it'll never work. Because if it's not from the Spirit, or you don't have the same... Because to be a person of the Spirit is to have a, the same vision. That they may be one, even as we are one, is to say, do you see what I see? Do you know what I know? That's what brings unity Division is different visions. So either you've got a heavenly vision, Paul constantly warred against his old man or his nature, old nature, which wanted to pull him away from the heavenly vision. That's what your natural man will want you to do. It's the evil in this body. It's the evil around about you. So what he's saying is it's not about saying glory, hallelujah, and having a Christianese culture or subculture it's more about do we have the same heart do we have the same vision and the same mindset are we connected in that unity and that again is not being one we 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 think of it as that they may be one even as we are one it, that unity is not trying to structure a natural love uh, amongst one another that love is I receive the love and like Jesus I release the love because it's my purpose which is agape which means there I am suffering in the outward man in giving the love in serving the house of God in loving my children, in loving my family. But in that giving of the love, I constantly receive the love. And, 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 and then the Lord is glorified because His identity. Amen. That they may be one. That they may be one. And so God's desire is a unity but a unity is not the way we see unity. And we've got to understand that. Unity is not a, a church organization. You know, you're part of the Assemblies of God, or you're part of Kojic, or you're part of, you know, UPC, or whatever it may be, you know, or Rhema. Uh, it, it, those are just brands. And it's all good because you have, you know, I mean, we have an organization called ARC, which we all over South Africa, but ARC is ARC. You know, but at the end of the day, when I die, I'm not taking Ark with me. I'm taking people that have the same spirit with me. So people get caught up in a brand. You know, I'm Ark and I'm Assemblies of God and I'm this and that. But the one is not politics. Because we're going to see an antichrist system that is going to be very political and very religious. But the true church, the remnant church, is a church that has been tried by fire seven times harder. That there's not I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. 
and I'm an overcomer because my passions, my drives, my feelings, my emotions, and all those internal conflicts do not uh, have no rule over me. I've subdued them. I've overruled them, and I'm in Christ. I'm in the Father because the Father is the thought, the plan, and I'm living out that plan in a surrendered form. For this body is just purely a vessel that manifests what God wants at that moment in time. And that's a, that's, that's a big one. Because our volition, our will must be surrendered. And, and, and you'll find how God is such a great conductor. When we live according to that, and that is the just shall live by faith. Because to live that life, it's really, to, to really have f- love, you have to have faith. Come on, somebody. Oh, glory to God. They may be one even as we are one. That's what God said, and that it would bring glory. God wants to bring glory. That glory which you have given me, I've given them that they may be one even as we are one. What is he actually saying? I'm actually giving you the same spirit that I have. So the Holy Spirit is the spirit of love. And that spirit of love is the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. It quickens our mortal body, and he wants us to live in that same spirit. We have no excuse. And that spirit is actually also what we have to operate in the glory. And that glory is Jesus. And it's a life of Jesus. So we overcome by the Word and the blood. The Word is the Word. We're in the Word. And the blood is the power of God. The blood is the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. Amen. So we're going to ask ourselves, what are we filling our hearts with? You know, what, what, what are we filling our hearts with? And we, what, 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 we need to ask God, listen, to pour out. Pour out your love. Pour out your love in this church. We, we, Lord, where is there a lack of love in my heart? You know, this is where we're moving into. And this love is not self-perpetuated. It is surrendered. It is, a, it is a love that is the Spirit. It is a love that is mature. It's not selfish because it's not from self. It, you, you don't have that love. And then God will work in your marriage, in your family. He said, love your enemy. Some of you guys, you know, in your marriages, some days it feels like you're just loving your enemy. Well, thank you for my, you know, my, my, my partner, you know, today. I'm loving my enemy. You know, what a good practice. <laughs> you know, but that love is, is a love that goes beyond and it transcends the, the man. And, and it's supernatural because we are here to be supernatural. And the greatest supernatural work, walk in, in this time is the power of God's love. Through our identity, which we receive supernaturally by honoring the Word and knowing the Word and overcoming by the life of the Spirit within us, which outflows through our hearts, which is Ezekiel 36, a new heart that He has granted unto us to those that have allowed the Lord to circumcise their hearts. So maybe you're going through a painful situation at this moment in time and you don't know who you are because the Lord is busy cutting the old. Come on. There's a circumcision that Abraham had and there's a circumcision that Moses was about to get everybody killed and he was about to get killed because he refused to circumcise his son and he woke up good and well enough and he he knew the pain. Come on. And he had to do it and he did it. And so sometimes we we, we make excuses because we don't want to deal with it. And it's important that, you know, the love of God brings us and constrains us to deal with the issues. And so we, we, we are in a, God said, you know, I'm going to put you in a worldly situation because there's stuff, there's real deal situations that you're going to have to deal with. You're going to have to deal with an abusive boss. You're going to have to deal with, you know, maybe working two or three jobs and it's difficult. You have to deal with diapers in the morning and kids screaming or you have to deal with yourself getting a little bit older and, you know, the bones are just not doing what they used to do. You know, it's like, Lord, you know, <laughs> get, get them stretched out, you know. And so, the, but he said, I'm going to put you in a situation and in a, in, a, in a worldly situation and in an environment that evil till the day you die, folks. 
Because the more spirit you have, the more the stronger your flesh will become. Mm-hmm. But I'll put you in an environment which is so glorious because my glory will be poured out and have an opportunity to be poured out in your life daily. Daily, daily, daily. That's why I said give us our daily bread because daily I want to pour it fresh glory for you to overcome what you have today. So he said don't worry about tomorrow because I'm going to send you in the world today and there's enough evil there. Yes. Because you are light That's right. and you represent me. You are my identity in the world. You are my restraint in the world. You are my dominion in the world. You are my ambassador in the world. You are my kingdom in this world. You are my body in this world. So embrace your identity in me. Refuse your old identity. This is the problem I have with many preachers today. They speak very much to the soul and the emotions. They preach very much to my purpose. You know, my purpose and your purpose and your potential. And, 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 but, but, but our calling transcends this which is all self-centered. And it goes beyond that. God puts us into where He puts us because we have more than just a lifetime purpose. Our purpose is eternal. We are born in this condition. Some of us are born in, you know, disabilities. And I'm not saying it's God that does it because God releases our spirit from Him and we're born into different dynamics. Some are born into families that are divorced. Some are born into, you know, abusive families. That's not God that did it. That's this fallen world. But the power of God is that if we receive the Word of God and the love of God and the identity of God, we can overcome it. Some have grown up, overcome it. Some have overcome racism. You know, some have overcome, you know, rejection. Some have overcome identity issues. Each one of them are dynamics that are supernaturally overcome because we have the power. When we receive the power to become the sons of God, which transcend all identity issues. And it's interesting today, the world is projecting its identity, it's, it's evil, because the tree of knowledge of good and evil, it always sounds good, but it has an evil intention. And so he, he, he deals with identity, because our identity as believers is not to be political, but to be a spiritual restraint that build up the walls that the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. Because remember, behind whoever you see in power or in position is a spiritual power. Our, our intent as a church is not to be socially effective first. Uh, in fact, you know, there's many organizations that are better than the church. Our primary purpose, firstly, is to be spiritually impacting. And then God sends us out through our obedience to Him. We begin to break through the powers that be. Because we've, we've lost our spiritual understanding of who we really are. You know, because, again, because God put us in a body. God put us in this world. We are from Him in time past. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So that means there's a time before this time. But in this time period of space and time, God put us from outside of space and time into space and time, put us into a locked up position <laughs> that he put his word in us and his spirit in us and he gave us Jesus, all right, to overcome this grain of wheat that must die. Because the real Christian life is a surrendered life and it's a daily surrendered life because it's today I choose to take up my cross. Lord, where am I going to take up my cross? Because every day we have to defeat the devil in a different way or evil that is working around us and within us. And our obedience to the word of God and then the empowerment through the blood by the spirit of God will begin to crucify Hallelujah. Because you see, we are saving souls, but we're firstly saving our own soul. Hallelujah. Yes. 
We have to understand Satan is after your soul. And I say that many of today's preachers have deceived the people because they are so focused on the material. And if you trace the history of the church, the true powerful church was always spiritual. Something has happened between what started in the spirit and now is so material. And there is nothing wrong with God blessing you. There is no Rolls Royces in heaven. There is no money in heaven. God doesn't mind blessing you. Come on. But he's not. It's, it's that if we're so stuck in this. Faith will create anything. Come on. If you start to develop your faith. It's just a natural thing. You'll begin to create and you'll have breakthroughs because that's a natural gift you can operate in. And God can release greater things. God is actually more honored by faith. I'd rather take a risk than not take a risk. I'd rather fail taking a risk than not taking a risk. Come on. So the question is, what is filling our hearts? What is filling our hearts? And, and that's what we have to watch. Because it's meditate on my word day and night. It's in that, that secret place experience with God. Where we begin to fill our hearts more and more with His glory. More and more with His Spirit. Jesus Christ being the glory of the Father. And for that to happen, there must be a pressure. It's called the pouring. God pours us out. And that's the pouring to prepare us for the infilling of the Holy Spirit of God, which is that I must decrease. Somebody say, I must decrease, and he must increase. So there's a, there's, it has to be an awareness of self, not in the way many would say that, but an awareness of self as the enemy. Because self has got good intentions. It's nice. But it's not about self. It's about Jesus. I died to self. I live for Christ. And every day God will bring me a glorious experience to experience His cross and His love. Hallelujah. Are you, are you with me today? Amen. So we have a lot of divisions today. We have a lot of divisions, which is a basically a sign of no love. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, Jesus said this, if you're not for me, you're against me. That's a different thing. When it comes to the heavenly vision and the heavenly purpose, there, there, there is a, there is, you know, there is no walking together. Because how can two walk together unless they be agreed if there's a different spirit? So, so that's a different thing. But love, the love of God that we walk in love, we cannot allow the enemy to rob, steal, kill. Remember, he's a thief and he works through your emotions. He works through your old nature. He works through your perceptions. And we've got to learn to recognize, I've, I've learned this in dealing with people of different cultures, because I've grown up with many different cultures. I grew up in India. I grew up in the Philippine Islands. I lived in Mauritius. I lived in Seychelles. I lived in Madagascar. I've lived all over Africa, lived all over America. I've been to many nations of the world. And, and, and I've learned that, you know, you say one thing to one person, and it's fine. And another person, you say exactly the same thing with the same tone of voice, and they get offended. And, uh, and, 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 and so you, you <laughs> it's not always easy. <laughs> you know, in, in South Africa, I come from a different culture. We've got many different cultures in our country. We've got probably like 20-something different languages or probably even more. Then, you know, like in South Africa, you've got English-speaking, you know, from European backgrounds. And then you've got Dutch-Afrikaans-speaking. It's kind of like Canada. And then, you know, the, the Dutch are very different to the English. And so, you know, when you meet that culture, it's very different. And I come from a French family originally. So, you know, my dad's, grand, my grandparents are French. I grew up in the house that all spoke French. All my cousins spoke French and everything. And so, but then, uh, you know, you, you get to, you know, you learn the love of Jesus. 
And the love of Jesus goes beyond culture. Remember, that's the blood of Jesus. We are known by the blood of Jesus. We one blood. What one blood is what? One spirit. And so we're going to, you know, like in our culture in South Africa, I've got, I got to say, you know, if you don't say good morning, you've done the unpardonable sin. You can do everything else afterwards, but you better say good morning to, if, if it's in the Afrikaans culture, Goeiemorgen, you know, Goeiemorgen. You know, and you, how are you doing? And as long as you say good morning, and then afterwards you can swear at them, you can do whatever you want to do to them, but you said good morning and you're okay. You know, so, you know, it, 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 that many things, you know, because of our family backgrounds and cultural backgrounds, we, we, we misunderstand. And that's where love comes in. And as a church, a church is a melting pot of cultures. And the more we're going to grow and to be effective in the world we're living in, we're going to have to deal with dynamics that the early church didn't even have to deal with. And we're going to have to have a lot of wisdom and a lot of the power of the love of God, which is the will of God, because we are in, an, in, a, in a world that is evil and getting more evil, but we're going to be a light, which is a ray of hope, a sunshine of hope, in a dark world where people are broken and messed up. Come on. And so it's going to take a dying to the way we would perceive things and being recipients of the way God sees things. That's how Jesus addressed people. He dealt with many dynamics. He was set with, you know, tax men and publicans. And I mean, I was just in South Africa. Our church did something for Fashion Week for the whole of Africa. We did not our church, but we have a media department. We want to be relevant. So we did a big thing for Fashion Week. They loved what we did so much. They want to take it around the world. But you know, I'm standing there and folks, again, I'm not saying you mustn't do this. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to know your, your strengths. But I mean, there's people, you know, doing what they're doing. And I'm, I'm focused on my agenda. I'm ministering to people and I'm meeting people because God sends us there. Amen. God will send you into places. You've got to be equipped to do it, but He'll send you into places. Hallelujah. On assignment when it's time. Hallelujah. So we are divided because of our perceptions. We are divided because of our tribalisms. Different tribes. But we must be united through and by the Spirit. Hebrews chapter 12. That is the mountain of the Lord. That is the true church. The true church is Hebrews chapter 12. The Bible said it's an invisible church. It's not with the hands of man. It's not seen naturally, but it is a heavenly supernatural Jerusalem. That's where we go. We don't have to go to Israel. Sorry to say I love Israel, and, but we don't have to go to Israel. Jesus died to take us to the new Jerusalem. And to be honest, I come from a Jewish family, but I tell you, I pray just as much for the Palestinians as much as I pray for the Jews. Right. Hallelujah. Because we all are out of, you know, one man God and Jesus brought us into a new covenant by the blood of Jesus. And therefore, we, we accept and we receive the blood of Jesus. So I, there are many Christians today going back into the law and going into these, all these understandings. I was, in, I was in Palm Springs and I saw this guy. He had tulluses on and he had a yarmulke on and he had his hair long and he had a beard and he was dancing around. And I said, are you Jewish? He said, no. <laughs> I don't think he knew the covenant we have in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'll be walking in New York City and all the... You know, Hasidics will say, are you Jewish? I said, yes. Well, mother side's Jewish. I said, well, do you want to pray with me? I said, I'll pray with you if you pray with me. <laughs> so we pray together. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I pray that they may be one. I believe the Lord sent me here to release a word that there's going to be a great unity over this church. And I believe that's what God said tonight, Adam, and I wasn't even going to really minister this, but I just had this in my hand, and the Lord said, you need to minister this. I took something else, and 
I want you to minister this. And this is the power of, that you're going to do it. It's not going to be, everybody's going to try and be the big deal. You guys are just going to be, just let it be Jesus. And it's going to be simp- very simple. It's not going to be show. It's just going to be simple. And it will grow. And uh, hallelujah. I've been through a pruning as a church. And it's not necessarily a numerical pruning. It's just a pruning in people. It's been a cutting and it's been a pain. But I saw the bear. I saw coming and attacking. The Lord said tremendous unbelief and doubt started to attack people. And they couldn't face the storms that were coming against them. But the Lord is going to release a new fire and a new faith. Hallelujah. Corporately, because you have a heart for God. And it's going to grow more. There's going to be a greater maturing coming. Are you with me today? Father, I pray that they may all be one. That's the prayer of Jesus as he was here on the earth. This is his desire, but that's the desire of the Father. And that unity we must understand is not, an, again, an ecumenical or a clerical or a organizational unity. And I've been in those different scenarios too, and they basically political, and they don't really achieve that much. And we had it in South Africa. They had the witch doctors. They had, you know, the different, all the different religions. They even had different Satanists. And I was invited to go there. I said, no, I'm not going there. I don't need to go and sit and pray for rain there. Hallelujah. God said to me, it's not going to rain till it's time. That's all I said. I was with the mayor. I spoke to her. Hallelujah. And God sent the rain when it was time three weeks ago, and it's still raining. So three more days of rain in Cape Town now. When I was flying out, I've got pictures. Cape Town, we got all our biggest lakes and dams. It was blowing so much dust because they were so empty over the dams. Amen? Jesus looked to the Father and said, only you can do this. We must look to the Father Because only he can do this. Looking to the Father is knowing your identity. You see, Elijah said, I come to restore the hearts of the sons to the Father. That identity, which is a prophetic identity, it's it's an identity of who you created to be, will release the unity. He said, if I don't come, the spirit of Elijah, which is the power of the Holy Spirit and the prophetic call, will bring a unity. It'll bring a unity between, you see, fathers and sons is literally your spirit man. You see, I'm going to just say it like this. Your soul is the emotions. Your spirit is, if I can say it, the son. It's too, I don't want to get into that now. But, but you've got to get, bring the soul in unity with the spirit. Amen. So the spirit looks to God. That's the face to face. Hallelujah. That they may have the same fellowship and love as the Father and the Son together. Man, that's, that, that's what Moses was all about. Moses was like, I'm taking him out of Pharaoh, which you know what Pharaoh is. It's hard-hearted. It's taskmaster. It's beat you up, whip you, drive you, work you, make you. You know, you're a slave. You're in the system. Get up in the morning. Have your coffee. We've got great coffee here. We've got Candlewood coffee if you want Candlewood coffee. But um, get up in the morning. Get your coffee going in the morning. You know, and you move it, you move it, you move it. You hustle, you hustle, you hustle. And, you know, you just literally are tapped out. And if you're out, you're out. But this is the power of God. The power of God is God says, if you get into me and you begin to walk in my love, which is my identity, you'll begin to have a great faith and you'll begin to have a vision. So God said, I want to take a people out of Egypt, the system of this world. And I want to bring them to a place where I can speak to them. They remember speaking is to know God's frequency face to face. Moses was telling them they didn't want it. They were afraid. Hallelujah. 
So they lost out, but we have Jesus who brought us the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. And we can have that face-to-face unveiled through and by what Jesus did on Calvary's cross. And it's to walk in that supernatural love. And this will be a glorious, when we want to see the glorious church, the glorious church is a glorious church that walks in that love. Somebody say love. Amen. And that glorious church destroys the serpent. The church of Revelation chapter 12 that births this new man, that identity, is the life of the Spirit, the life of Christ. The life of Christ will always be above. You can only know God face to face when you're living in the heavenly realm. And that's when you're going to destroy the serpent. What is the serpent? Well, all the base emotions. He bites the dust. That's the dragon in Revelation chapter 12. In Genesis, he started out as a serpent. In Revelation chapter 12, he ended up a dragon. He's a fire-breathing dragon. That's what's going on inside of you many times. He'll be calm for a while, and once in a while, you know, some of your kids will tell If I go to your kids, they'll tell me when the dragon comes out of you, you know. But, <laughs> but so we defeat the dragon. We cast him out. We have to cast him out because that's Jesus. He, he's the ride on the white horse. He's, he's in the heavens. Hallelujah. And that's to work in the, walk in the love of God. And then the world will see us. And they will say, this is what God said, I want to send you out there. And there may be one even as we are one, but I want to send you out there because I need to send you out there. And it's not going to be you trying to go and walk in the street corner and say, if you don't know Jesus tonight as your Savior, you're going to die and you're going to go to hell. And it's fine to do that, but I didn't really see the disciples doing that. <laughs> I see them so much light and so much glory and so much love that they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to become, you know, glorified salesmen. You know, the evangelists, yes, did speak the word. They did have crusades. They did do miracles. That's true. But that is not, that is the Holy Spirit doing it. It's the love of God doing it. And so when we mature in that love, it's going to be a lot easier. It's not the slave Egypt mentality, you know, with the whip. Again, remember what's on the head of Pharaoh, a serpent with poison, bitterness. The world system is driven by bitterness. So you've got to turn your bitter into better, your test into a testimony, you know, that all that, and you mess into a message. So we've got to turn that around. Hallelujah. That's a good, it's still good sayings. <laughs> but, but it's to destroy Pharaoh which is the system. And it's supernatural. We destroy the system which is driving us without us even knowing it. And it's increasing its pressure on us. Again, without us even knowing it, uh, because we don't have faith and we're in fear because we don't have the love of Jesus. And the love of Jesus is really the shalom of God. And that shalom is peace. And peace means nothing missing, nothing lacking. I don't want you to lack anything. I've got everything you need. I will provide for you. I'm Jehovah Jireh. Nothing missing is not, and nothing lacking in that love relationship with God. Are you with me tonight? When we mature into that place, <laughs> I can promise you now, you know, Christian, many, you know, depending which line you're on, some people say, you know, Obama was the hero and Donald Trump's the hero and this one. I'm not getting political. Please don't. But no man is the hero because he's a man. Right? God will use whatever he wants to use. But the real restraint and power is not even the church becoming political. It's the church becoming powerful in their identity. And unfortunately, we bring scriptural words into our natural frame of reference and we either politicize them or we, we twist them because yeah. we bring them into carnality. And we have to see the word for what it is. It's exalted. It's above. And we have to stretch. You have to step into that realm. To be mature. 
are you with me? So the world will say, that is more than human love when they see you. Hallelujah. That is heavenly divine love. What Jesus gave us is his divine nature. As he is, so are we in the earth, that they may be one even as we are one. What he's saying is, listen, you are born with a purpose. Not to be the biggest evangelist or the biggest prophet or the biggest businessman or, you know, or, you know this big dream you may have about yourself. You're born to overcome, to walk in my divine nature. And the more you have of me in this world, that's what you're going to take with you to eternity. Because corruption takes on incorruption. And that incorruptible word of God is going to burst such a great glory. And that's where the rewards are. You know, materialism is not a reward. I don't gauge people as being more spiritual because they got more material blessing or more spiritual because they got more anointing. The real gauge is when you die. God's not going to say, oh, well, you raised so many people from the dead and you traveled all over the world and you did all of, you know, this stuff and the whole world, you know, knew you because that's not you anyway. That's Jesus who did that. What God is going to look and say, how much of the life of Jesus do you have? I was actually in, 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 in Australia, and I said it to John Bevere because I was preaching with him. And I said to John, I said, John, you know, God is not going to look at us and say, you know, you've done all of this. You've preached to all the world. You have all these miracles. You have all these healings. I said, no, God's going to look at us and say, how much of my son do you have? So, of course, he disagreed with me. I said, but we can agree to disagree. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. How much of the life of the Son do we have? How much of the life of the Son? This is our purpose. And out of that purpose, it just flows. We don't try. We are. As he is so, are we, Jesus didn't try. He just said, nevertheless, on my will be done, but thine be done. And that's so totally against the way the church operates today because the church is like, give us your three goals. What are your three goals? What are, you know, all these things. You know, and I'm not saying we, we must not be productive. But how many of us have waited on God to do the supernatural in us, to prepare the hearts because there can be nothing from self. Nothing of self. So the world is looking for an answer when we have the answer. But we must step into that divine nature. It's our inheritance. It is our inheritance. It has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. It is a gift that has been given to us. And he said, I want you part to partake of that glory. Hallelujah. If you suffer with me, you will reign with me. I want you to not be looking for suffering, but you must be willing to take what your portion is. Hallelujah. To share in my glory. Somebody say the Holy Ghost. So the glory that is given us is through and by the Holy Ghost. The Bible said in Isaiah 63.10, they resisted and they rejected the Holy Spirit. And he became their enemy. People don't even know, many people who have rejected the Spirit, have rejected the prophets. We've lost the glory because we've rejected him and we have a form in many places. And we say that is the spirit, but most folks don't even know what the spirit is. Because, you know, it's like, actually, it's like, you know, it's like the church has become like in the club, you know, I mean, I'm in the club, you know, I feel comfortable. I came from the club, now I'm in the church, I'm in the church, you know. Um, so we, we, we try and keep that same positive vibe, you know, and, and but we lose... <laughs> What God really wants to produce. Amen? So we think it's like 
this vibe, like, whoa, man, did you feel it? You know, but, but it's the same feeling we had like back in the day, and we're, we're having it again. It's a little bit of Jesus, and I'm sure God will do it, you know, but there's not a maturing. Somebody said divine nature. You are called to walk in that divine nature as He is so. Are we. That is so powerful. You, you, if you read that just for a few days, wow. As He is, so are we. We don't have a God conscious in that sense like I'm, but I'm, uh, I'm living. He's living through me. It's Him. It's not me. Otherwise, then you're going to become Lucifer. It's Him. Through the Holy Ghost. Somebody say it's through the Holy Ghost. He said to the Father, I have given them my glory. I've given them my name. I've given them my nature. I've given them everything that you have given me. Wow, 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 wow. I've given them everything. Everything you've given me. I didn't hold back. I was not selfish. I gave them everything. What are we sitting with all of that? And if Jesus did in three years and the disciples did it in their time period, something is missing. It means that we, we've gone so into self. And so because I've given them this glory, which is the Holy Spirit, make them one even as we are one. And then they will be perfection as they are established in this oneness and the world will believe that you, there it is, have sent me. Then we don't even have to try and evangelize the whole world. They're going to see it because it's done by the Spirit. We're not going to have to go on TBN and on whatever channel we have to go on. We're just going to be by the Spirit one. You know, what's interesting the, the, the global social system. It's become, you know, a social construct that is established through technology. Tesla saw it over 110, 20 years ago, and that was that he saw cell phones. He wrote it down about cell phones. People would have communication devices, and they would work through these communication devices, talk to one another, and have video calls. He said this 120 years ago, 110 years ago, something like that. And, and he said that it would create this whole oneness now I'm going to say this the Bible said that there's a snare that's going to come over the whole earth because it's like a net and, and the way we're going to break that net is by becoming one but that net is through I'm telling you it's through the system and the construct of humanism and the woman that rides the beast which is the false church which is a harlot that is clothed in purple, that looks religious, that works the old natures. You see, it's not love there. It's the beast. I think I said it last week. I said, you know, God gave me a vision. The first time I started my church, God, I was standing there and I saw gorillas and I saw chimpanzees and I saw, see, I live in Africa, so it's easy to see that, but I had a good revelation of it, lions. And so, so basically to just say it like this, that everybody's got a nature, some's good natures, you know, you know, like parrots are not too bad. I had a parrot, I had an African gray parrot, my African gray parrot, you know, used to pray in tongues. Oh, he sure did. Until one day, I just said to my, my wife, I said, listen, I'm not an African. I'm not a bird guy. Please, I need to get rid of that bird. I mean, I was glad it could <laughs> I used to live in Florida at that time. And, and I don't know what happened. I was about to sell it, and I left it outside. I came back, and it died, and my mother was trying to do mouth to mouth. I was like, oh, Lord. But um, anyway, you know... I don't know why I'm saying that. Yeah, I know. But you see, a lot of leaders know how to work with natures. That's why I don't do in our church, I don't do personality tests to see, are you choleric, are you melancholy, are you, you know, are you sanguine or whatever you are, because I am in Christ and I have a new nature. Uh, I, I, 
I don't want to be typecast into a type of nature and work that way. I have a new nature. And so many are working in that way. And it's corporate. And it works corporately. But many times when God gets a hold of you, he'll do the total opposite of what's in your nature. You'll get an amen for that one. So we must go beyond being animal trainers. Because once in a while that beast will take you down and trample you. I don't know if you saw this guy in Africa just this week. He's, he, he reared a lion from child. From, it was still a baby. A cub. <laughs> and uh, he went into you know, the place where his lion was. And he was just following it. And suddenly it turned around and started to chase him. This is just this week. Took him by his head and was throwing him around like a rag doll. He managed to come out alive because they uh, darted him, the the lion. So, you know, this is what happens when you work like that. Every once in a while, if they haven't died, that lion's going to come out. Maybe in a nice little pet for a while, (laughs) it'll turn on you. (laughs) Come on, somebody. So we have a new nature. Somebody say, I have a new nature. And in that new nature is perfection. So that perfection is in oneness with that identity. But for that to take place, I must embrace the cross and the power of its resurrection. And it comes through the suffering of self. Self must die. And that's where real grace operates. Because the real grace is the power of the Holy Spirit that took Jesus to the cross and crucified him and resurrected him. That's grace. Uh, We have a whole misunderstanding of grace today. There is a supernatural heavenly life for the 21st century church. And it's a beautiful tree. It's called the tree of life. A supernatural tree that he wants us to work through and walk through. And that's what we must reflect. When we reflect that, I think I can go on another three hours. I haven't even. (laughs) I'm going to close now. now. (laughs) Supernatural life. Supernatural life. Isn't that awesome? Comes from God, comes from above. And the mindset we must have is, if I was in heaven, what would I experience right now? Because, and I'm going to say it like this, when you were baptized in water, you died. And I, I, most folks don't live like that, but Romans 6 said it. We died, we were buried, and we resurrected, we're living in the newness of life. I always do it like this when we baptize folks. I say, listen, folks, get ready now, uh, because I'm going to keep you under... Till you're dead. <laughs> and then we're going to believe you resurrected, you know. But So I get all these like freaked out faces when I do that. But, but the reality is that, you know, being born again and being baptized is that we're not living the old life anymore. We're dead. But we're alive because we're living in perfection. We're living in glory. And we are, in fact, from another kingdom now. This is just the body that I'm stuck to for the purpose of God that is going out into a world that is light. I'm light in the world. And the world that evil wants to come, but God is keeping me because I'm dead. And I'm walking in that perfection as He is so. We in this world, and we're united, and that's a spirit church that God raises up. That reveals the glory, the love. Amen. Somebody say heaven is the place where glory is revealed. Hallelujah. And the earth is the place where it is reflected through the saints of God. Hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 We have all the earthly elements, the sun, the moon, the stars, but nothing can compare to the immeasurable love that he wants to shine in our hearts. Isn't that awesome? This is the light that the world is looking for. Love one another. As the Father and the Son are one, so must we be one 
The love the Father had for the Son is that He gave. To walk in the higher love, there's no self. It's a giving. It's sacrificial. And it's the economy of God because it requires faith to give. Such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus. It was love. It gives out of itself. And the love of the Son is that he gave his life back. He gave it all back to the Father. He gave it back. Jesus was not self-seeking. He was tempted. He suffered. But Paul said, I press on to the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus. And so that is, as he is, so are we. I'm going to be unselfish as he was unselfish. I'm going to give my life as he gave his life. I'm going to put my life on the altar as he put his life on the altar. I press towards the mark of the high call in Christ Jesus, which is a heavenly call. I don't have an earthly vision. I have a heavenly vision. A new commandment I give unto thee, John 13, 34, that you love one another as I have loved you. And that is through the Holy Spirit. Somebody said through the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, we will love one another. And so we need to be filled daily by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy chapter 3 said that there would be a church that would rise up. And I believe never before have we seen a church that is so void of real power. And again, I'm going to say the greatest power is not healings, miracles, and signs and wonders. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the new life. That's the power. It's the power to overcome this old nature. As many are so driven by the old nature, but yet they can raise the dead, heal the sick, and cast out devils. And the Lord said, I don't know you. Get away from me. Because you don't have my power. You don't have my life. You don't have my spirit. You don't have my nature. I don't know you. I don't have intimacy with you. We are not one. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. We must ask the Lord to say, Lord, put your love in our hearts. We must ask, how do we love the ones that we don't want to love or we don't have a feeling to love? Amen. Let's just stand up because there's too much for me to do tonight. And I, 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 I believe we will have some more. There's a lot of word here that God has given me. But just to close to say, we are called to reveal the kingdom that is not of this world. It is above. So when God called Abraham, he said to Abraham, he said, I want you to leave your father. I want you to leave your mother. I want you to leave familiarity. Whatever's familiar, because whatever's familiar pulls you down. Whatever's going to pull you down into the natural, away from the supernatural. So Abraham's father was an idol maker, meaning that when you're in the natural you're looking at images, which is basically your imaginations, your, your dreams, your desires. He had to leave those idols or those images that were created by himself or his father. And so that's your natural father, creates a lot of images. And I don't know how many folks that are, call themselves Christians, I know they are Christians, but they're led by all these imaginations and their lives are always wrecked because they have these big dreams. And again today, the world is so filled with images due to the fact of, you know, a lot of fiction. Television is a lie. We're so filled with lies that when we see, you know, the word, we don't even believe it anymore. It's a story. But we have to get into the reality of the truth of God's word again. Are you with me tonight? This is awesome. So we're coming back. Just lift your hands to the Lord and just pray in the Holy Spirit right now. Father, we praise you. I praise you as you've brought me here. You brought me here with Adam and Dawn. You brought me here into this ministry of No Name Church. You brought me here uh, to Father God as we are connected in the Spirit and we are connected uh, at one. I praise you, Father, that the tree of life, which is above us, Abraham left his father and mother and idolatry and images behind. Lord, that we leave images. We leave false images. We leave doubt. 
We leave unbelief. We leave fear. We leave anxiety. We leave bitterness. We leave hatred. We leave malice. We leave the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We leave those images and we die to it tonight. We leave it behind, oh God. And like Abraham, he left and the Bible, your Lord, your word said he became a Hebrew, which means he crossed over. He abed. He went to the other side. He went to the place that is above. Tonight, Lord, that each one that is hearing the sound of my voice goes into that new season of their life, which is to rule and reign with Christ. Where heaven is my throne, the earth is my footstool. And so, you know, that's where we dwell. We dwell from a place of, we dwell in a place where there is vision. We dwell in a place where there is purpose. We don't find our purpose. We are in our purpose. We fulfill our purpose daily by faith. And God, you're the divine conductor and you orchestrate each, each event supernaturally, oh God. And so we repent, Lord, where we have pursued from self, for self, and through self. And we turn our life around, oh God. Somebody say, Lord Jesus, thank you for the power of your spirit. Thank you for the power of your resurrection. I step into that maturity by faith. I embrace my cross. I surrender myself to the work of the cross. And I step in to that new nature supernaturally. That perfection, that glory is Jesus. Thank you that I overcome by the blood, by the word. Jesus, you're the word. And the Holy Spirit empowers the word that the word in me is being empowered and the world will see as I become what I've called to become. Amen. Hallelujah. Just give him praise right now.